You are listening to Coast to Coast AM. Connie Willis here. Hope you're enjoying your night and the conversation that we're having as well. And hey, if you're into the Bigfoot, if you're into the strange lights, if you are into hauntings and and you're really into it in a deep way of how do how do all these connect? What you know, can we communicate communicate across the board? Are all these things related in some way? Well, that's what my show, Blue Rock Talk, is all about, live investigating and uh, having friends for the rest of your life, too. We have a great community. Become a Blue Rocker. Go to ConnieWillis.com. Sign up for something. I've got something for everybody there. So ConnieWillis.com, that's where you can learn more. Talking with Regan Forston right now, and it has been discovered that we have all have the ability to visit the place that we all go when our life ends. And we can do it here. And this is what he's here to talk about. He says it's an easy process. And most people who have a session to do this are successful in spending a few hours there. He also admits it sounds too fantastic to be true, but he assures that it is real. In fact, he had visited the other side for the second time recently. And of course, he says that he would love to assist you in having this amazing life altering experiences. And the sessions are available worldwide in person or online. Regan also um, is, he's um, a traditional hypnotherapist. So he specializes in trauma, fears, phobias, anxiety, grief, depression, and spirituality. And he was in, you know, his book is Three Hours, 33 Minutes in Heaven. You can find that on Amazon. And you can learn more about him at visittheafterlife.com. Now, he really speaks as well, of course, about the newtoninstitute.org, where he's learned a lot of this, well, all of this, right? And um, you've learned quite a bit in your life about things. And (laughs) I want to make mention that people cross over they they cross over they come back we're talking about uh, the near death experiences but you purposely whole sessions can take you over there learn what you want to learn and then come back and this is on purpose and you can do that more than once you've done it twice how, how many what's the most somebody has done these sessions and what is the question. progress you've seen with these people yeah um, well, it's funny you ask that because I just did a session um, three weeks ago uh, with a woman who had done three quantum healing hypnosis sessions, you know, where you have a similar experience, and two Newtons. So it was the third time. She I mean, so altogether, she's like experienced this like five times, <laughs> you know. Uh, wow. But I've had um, some clients uh, just did a third third one last year. I did one a third session for someone. And second sessions for, like, if someone has a session, then a couple years later, enough things have changed in their life and they feel they want to go back again because they want some more clarity in their life because it's taken such a turn. Uh, And then uh, those people have uh, come and, you know, had the same thing, only a little easier this time. You know, find out uh, um, this process, we take it real slow as far as the induction so that, uh, you know, some people can actually go get to the desired state of relaxation in two or three minutes. It just surprises me. Some people, it might take an hour, you know. So what we do is we just take, so sessions, and that's the other thing too, an average session's about five, for my sessions are about five, five and a half hours long. 
Um, but that's because we also, you know, uh, I also incorporated the quantum healing in there with the uh, talking about like the health that. issues and everything. I yeah. have had them go as long as 10 hours. May ends in that, having that intense, boy, uh, when I was done with that session, I was <laughs> traveling at the time. I was seeing someone in L.A., and I got in my van. Um, I have a sprinter van because I travel a lot doing these sessions. And I got in my van. I laid down. I woke up 16 hours later. <laughs> it's like, oh. But, and her, her, her story, oh, gosh, we had an hour. Her story was, would make um, a great Hollywood movie. And it was right in Hollywood in this old mansion. It looked like Greta Garbo might have used to live there or something. <laughs> and boy, did she have a, a real convoluted life. Um, a wonderful human being, though, just this giving, beautiful human being. But boy, did she have a lot on her plate, you know. But that's li- um, that's nice to know, though, that they pay for a session. You know, somebody pays for a session with you, and then you know you carry it all the way to the end. That's yeah. that's nice. You know, there's a lot of people just cut you off and go, oh, next session, you, know, you got to pay and, again. <laughs> yeah, um, because it's up to the client for, for me and the way I do the sessions. It's up to my client to tell me when they're ready to come back. So we just. We just ride it until it's time. And it always seems to end naturally. Like, you know, when you're on a phone call with somebody and it just seems to end naturally, you know, that's the way it, uh, the, the way that it is. Um, yeah. And, um, oh, um, just one thing I just put on my, my list here that I, I want to, because this is so easy to get off in tangents talking about this stuff. The thing that gets me the most, that really excites me the most about what we've discovered is, um, is that. For instance, when you decided to be Connie, because there's a place of life selection up there where people have actually gone back in this state and they saw how they chose their life. Um, and everybody describes the place where you go pretty much the same and the process is kind of the same. And that's that's a whole conversation in itself, too. But when you decided to be Connie, you didn't put all of your soul self into Connie. You left probably about half of yourself home. Because that's one question we ask people when they're trans. We say, how much of your soul self did you put in this your current body? And they'll usually say 40%, 50%. Sometimes if they think they're going to have a very difficult life because they've chosen to learn a lot of difficult things, sometimes they'll say 60, 60 or 70%. But what that means is each of us has our another part of ourself, our higher self that's in the afterlife. And what I'd love to see when I'm doing these sessions, there's a point where my clients merge with that higher self. And I can always tell because I start asking them questions and all of a sudden they're answering in third person. Like all of a sudden on the recording, when you listen to it back and you're hearing someone say, your higher self is saying, well, you know, Connie knows what she needs to do, but she's pretty stubborn. You know, she needs to stop doing this. Hey now, hey now. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's so cute. Now, what I've been experimenting (laughs) with too, and, and, and when I get to other therapists, because we all are finding out new things all the time. One thing I think that's really helped make the sessions better is at one point, and usually I do it when they're before the council, I'll ask permission and I'll say, may my client actually see her higher self? And they always say yes. And this is an amazing thing. All of a sudden my client is there and her higher self is there and they're facing each other. And I say, what's your higher self look like? And usually they'll describe some, it's a ball of energy. And, it'll be, and I'll say, what colors is it emanating and so forth? And then I'll say, may she have permission to walk into her higher self to feel what it feels like to be all together, you know, like when you go back home uh, to heaven, you know, and they will walk into themselves. And then I have them memorize 
what that feels like. So when they go back and they know they have changes to make and they're going to go through difficulties and everything, they can always remember that feeling of power, that feeling of love that they had when they were experiencing their higher and their lower selves uh, blend together. Um, now, because of the fact that there's always part of his home, what that means is when you write, when the people write their list of people that are alive and who passed on, for instance, husbands and wives like to do this a lot, that the husband, say if the husband comes to me, when he's on the other side, he can have a conversation with the higher part of the higher self of his wife. Uh, one couple came to me for count. They were in regular counseling. They were butting heads and not getting anywhere. And that counselor knew the work I did. So he sent him to me and says, well, I'm kind of giving up on you guys a little bit. Go see Regan and see if he can and he explain. And they were open to this idea. So one one day I had the husband go to the other side. He was able to talk to the, you know, the higher part of his, the higher self of his wife. The next day she did and talked to his higher self. And so they were able on the other side to talk about their issues, but in a relaxed, um, more loving way because the higher selves are really cool. I mean, they're, they're really understanding and they, they're kind of telling you or will tell you what's kind of going on, you know. Um, and uh, in that case, it was very interesting. Um, they did find out that it was time for the wife to move on, that he, the agreements that he had made when he came down into the body, what he was working on, he had gotten sidetracked, and he just wasn't fitting the bill of what he was supposed to be doing. And the wife, uh, she was continuing her learning in that. So she told him, says, you know, we'll, we'll get together another lifetime. We'll try it again, but it's just not going to happen in this life. So when they came back and we both and they met together, they were able to talk about it, and they were able to, in a very amicable way, just separate. And the fact that they knew why and they knew everything that was going on, um, they were able to do it in a very healthy way. Um, so um, it shows you the possibilities, <laughs> you know, of this this process. Yeah, I guess they could also, like, you could also uh, talk to someone that's passed on, right, and then yeah. get past some yeah. of the things that were holding you back uh, here on Earth. Um, oh, so yeah. let, let, let me ask uh, this. Going to your website, you've got Life Between Lives, Past Life Regression, and the hypnotherapy. Yeah. And, and so is the one where you experience heaven one of those or yeah, it's the, the, okay. the life between life tab. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. so I'm just going to, I'm just going to take this, you know, I'm just visualizing this here. So if you, if you take somebody, if you regress somebody mm-hmm. and you take them back to a memory during this life or like, especially abduction uh, regressions, mm-hmm. um, things that have happened during this life, and you just don't remember them because they've been blocked. Okay, or you can go to past life. Is is the is the life between lives? Is that kind of just like a regression, but it's forward? Or I mean, well, it's um, okay. That, that's a good question, Connie. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> For us to the process we use for most people to get to the life between lives is now I'm going to I'll go a little slower because it can get a little it can get a little confusing in a way because it seems so like twilight zone but it, it's really wonderful the way it works um, when people get to a, a certain point of relaxation uh, what we do is we have a technique where we have them experience a past life 
Uh, now, the reason we do that is because they have a memory of that, and they have a memory of what happened after they died, where they went back to the other side. So that memory is already there, what happened. So uh, we don't spend a lot of time in the past life. A few times my clients have had very interesting past lives, and it looks like ones that were pretty recent. And they, when, we, when they come out of it, we talk about it, and they go, gosh, I'd like to go back there again, see if I can find more information. Maybe I could go back and find who I was, you know, at a certain time. And I've had that happen a few times where people come back and we go back and delve back into those interesting past lives. Um, but when, you, when they're out of their body, they, I have them at their funeral. They're seeing who's there. Uh, and then uh, I usually ask, are you ready to go home now? Or do you need to stick around to, because people are grieving for you, do you need to stick around to be with people? It's so interesting, Connie, that about half of the people, half of my clients say, I need to stay a little bit. And so I say, okay, you, you go ahead and take care of what you have to take care of, and I'll just be quiet here. And when you're done, let me know. And then a few minutes later, they say, okay, I've, I'm done. And then I'll ask them, what did you do? Now, the most common thing that they say is, well, my significant other or something was, was grieving so bad that I placed myself in a dream that she had. Or someone would say, oh, um, I made the lights flick on and off in, in, her, in her house. And, and, and then her, she said, oh, my, my wife or husband, whoever's left alive there, is, kind of turns around and says, oh, Bill, you're here, aren't you? Or, you know, there's something that they do <laughs> so that they can tell they get through to that person. And I think people listening uh, they've been probably some of them afraid to tell people that they, that that's kind of happening because people think they're crazy. But no, when people you know that you love pass on the other side, and if you're grief, having a hard time grieving, they will do what they can to some way uh, let you know uh, that they're st- that they're okay. You know, there's a good movie on Netflix called Surviving Death. Uh, it's good for people listening now too, and it goes into that. And there's a lot of stories on there and how people, you know, say, oh so-and-so contacted me by this or that, and they just knew it was them, you know, kind of thing. So then, um, okay, then what I say is to them, I say, okay, uh, let's turn around. What happens next? How do you get back home? So in an essence, they kind of turn around. There's usually a guide uh, or a a relative, someone that loved them that was already passed on that's there to meet them. Most of the time it's the guide that's there. And then I have them describe their guide, and we get a name from the guide, and as soon as we can, uh, contact, um, we can talk to the guide, we ask the guide. This is where it gets pretty interesting. And imagine experiences this, Connie. So let's say you were, <laughs> you were George in a past lifetime. <laughs> you know, and you just, it, it's funny. You have to be prepared for this. About half of the women that come to me, they end up being men in other lifetimes. And I always think of this case. There was this young lady, very beautiful. She was, well, I think maybe 38 or 38-ish or something, very, very, very beautiful human being, so nice and kind. And so she goes through this tunnel. We have people go through to the light at the end of the tunnel. She comes out in a past life, and she's in trance, and she's she's laying there nice and calm. And I say, okay, I want you just to put your hands out in front of me and and, and tell me, you know, what color is your skin? And then she said, white. I says, okay, now, and then she hesitates for a minute, and she's quiet, and she's, her hands, actually, her physical hands here, it's like she's looking at her hands over there, but her her physical hands are going up. And she goes, oh, my God, I'm a dude. <laughs> <laughs> she just surprised her so much. And she's, I'm a dude, you know. And uh, anyway, she had these gnarly hands. She was carrying this big beam. It was down at like a western town. 
like, you know, to build something. And she, when afterwards we were talking about it, she just laughed. She says, oh, my God, that shocked me so much. So anyway, that. I I I need a manicure. Oh, I'm a dude. Well, well, get this now, too. Uh, Robert, I'm sure he would, you know, I'm I'm not giving any last names here, so no one knows about anything, but I'm sure they'd be okay with this. Um, Robert, um, (laughs) he gets to a past life. I had him, I I had him, and he was, his name was Victoria. And so I had him go to an important (laughs) event in his life. So here's this man, this like 60-something-year-old man. He's laying on my therapist's couch. And all of a sudden, he's moaning a little bit, like, oh, oh. I said, what's happening? He says, I'm having a baby. <laughs> so, I uh, and people, I just want them to know that when, when we take these past lives, we're, we're trained so you, you're not re-traumatized. We're trained if you start, if we can tell that you're starting to get really emotional about something, I'll touch them on the forehead and I'll say, now, you have a choice to make now. You can either experience this as you're experiencing it, or you can kind of watch it like you're watching it on a movie screen. Most people choose the movie screen you know, uh, apart and then, and then, or I'll take them just past it. I'll say, okay, now you just have the baby and tell me what's happening. You know, so visit uh, the afterlife that, uh, com. That's where you can learn more about Regan Forston. Visit the afterlife.com. His book is three hours, 33 minutes in heaven. That's his account. His first one. He had a second one too. Stay with us. We'll take some calls as well here on coast to coast AM. It is Coast to Coast AM. Connie Willis here, our guest tonight. The first guest is Regan Forston. And Regan has, let me tell you a little bit about his interesting and most unusual life before. He, you, you, can, you can stand by and laugh along the way if you'd like uh, with me and have a good time with it. So you went from being a paper boy at age nine, a gas station attended at 17, a door-to-door salesman at 21. That's like Krispy Kreme. We had to do that when we were like trying to say, you know, get money for our softball team and baseball team. <laughs> a real estate broker at 23. That's quite young for that. That's really, really good. Ventriloquist at 29. Oh man, I want to see what, you know, what, what that thing was on your uh, lap, what it looked like. And that's always kind of scary to me. If you ever saw um, uh, Anthony Hopkins, Magic is one of those movies that'll do that to you. Professional clown. Oh, even worse at 31. Oh, I would have run from you at that point, Regan, if I knew you. It's like ventriloquist now. Yeah. <laughs> I actually had a Mickey Mouse thing, so I worked on that at one point too. A magician and stilt walker at 33. That's amazing corporate comedian and fake motivational speaker at 40. Well, there's some stories there. Hollywood actor at 52, and you told me you were 35. Writer at 56, hypnotherapist at 58, composer at 65, life between lives and past life regressionist at 68, quantum healing hypnosis therapist technique at age 70, and then what we have these experiences were needed. Oh, okay. Looking back, he can see how all these experiences were needed for him to become a life between lives facilitator. All that to get where you are now. Yay. Yeah. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Another show, uh, Connie, sometimes you could have would be um, there's this uh, person I know. She wrote a book called uh, Inner Guidance, A Divine Birthright. And her name's Ann Archer. It's a wonderful book. And it's all about learning to tune in to the to what our guides and what God is sending us, you know, by improving our intuition. So you actually follow the guidance that you get. Sometimes you don't understand why, but you just get this feeling 
and you follow that guidance and it ends up being, you, you know, you realize later, this is just where I needed to be. You know, yeah. her book, her book starts out where she was swimming as a teenager out on the ocean. Riptide came up and started taking her out to sea and there was no lifeguards and that she knew she was going to drown. And she just reached out to God. And, you know, it was the first time as a teenager, she just like, oh my, you know, I need God or something here. Within a few moments, uh, a school of dolphins came in and on on the dolphins' backs, the dolphins took her to shore. So that's how her book starts. <laughs> that's <laughs> amazing. That's oh, really yeah, cool. I'll give you her information. She's a wonderful speaker. Uh, her story is full of stories like that, and it's all about learning to listen to that inner guidance. People that have a Life Between Life session, they tell me that their intuition improves. Um, they tell me that their kindness quotient improves. Um, they They judge people less, you know. Um, and they feel good because now they know what their mission is and they're, they're able to get doing it. And sometimes a mission could be so simple. Uh, one of my clients recently, her mission was to come into this life, human life, have a daughter. And the daughter was, at some point was going to have a granddaughter. And her big mission was to be there to mentor the granddaughter. And that's what she, that's what she came down into this human life for. That was her mission. You know, so we, we it's not all missions like uh, Martin Luther King or Gandhi or something like that, sometimes it's just very, very simple. Because on the other side, see, there's no space and time. So, you know, which is interesting because when we're on the other side, if we go to past lives, it's like having a videotape in their life. We can go backwards and forwards on the timeline. I can have them go back when they were a child then and then go back to when they're, you know, a teenager. To uh, Eventually we go to their death scene. And we say, now I'll say one, two, three, and I'll snap my finger. I'll say, we're now at the very last uh, uh, day of your life, and they'll say what's happening. And they'll tell me where they are, what they're going through, who's there. And then I have them, you know, you just passed away, and you're looking down. Uh, it's your body, what's happening, and so forth. Um, but to, uh, to finish where we were before, I was imagining you as a guy named George. And, and, and But the thing is, you're laying there on my couch, and you know you're Connie, but you see yourself and felt yourself, and you just experience this past memory you have of being another, having another life. So then when the guide's there, we ask him if George can go back, go on back home, and can we now switch to now time, to Connie time, to who you are in this lifetime? They always say yes, that other part of you goes back to, goes back uh, where you went after that life, back to the afterlife. And then we'll mention to the guide, we'll say, well, I know, I'll say to the guide, I know that you're allowing people to come over here and do certain things, and we know that there's a soul group that they could uh, visit. Uh, where, you know, these are souls that you're, your favorite souls that you incarnate with. I always look at it as like a big acting troupe. And over the, over however, you know, since you were created, um, you've, uh, you've got friendships with these other souls. And some of them are your favorites, you know, and they're the ones you like to incarnate with normally. Um, and then the other thing is to go before the council. And then they'll, they'll let us go to one or the other first and then, and then on to the, you know, say if you go to the soul group first and you go to the council second. Um, but before, this is uh, almost a highlight of one of these sessions. Before they let you go to the counselor that, I'll ask them, can my client go to a place of rejuvenation uh, before they go there, like a cleansing before they go to the afterlife, you know, home? And they always say yes. And instantly, my client is in some place that's so beautiful and when they describe it to me, it just makes me relax or makes me feel good. A lot of times it has to do with waterfalls. Um, sometimes the waterfalls 
uh, when I have them explained to me, they're waterfalls of light. But it looks like a waterfall, and they, they put themselves in the waterfall, and there's all these colors going through their body, and they can just feel how beautiful it feels like you're just being cleaned inside and out, you know. Um, and sometimes it's pools of, this, of soothing water that people are in. Sometimes they're there by themselves. Sometimes there's other souls that are at the same place. But it's a place where when I ask them if they're ready to move on, it's frequently they'll say, no, I want to stay here some more, you know, because it's like it's such a beautiful feeling. One person described it as, she said, I felt like my body was like a, a billion BBs little BBs, and I felt this energy going in and one by one just cleaning them and just making them sparkly, you know. Um, one of my clients that suffered from seizures, like 20 a day of seizures, where he would just pass out uh, for no reason, you know, and not, they could never find anything wrong with him physically, but he, he can't have a normal life because he can't, it's hard for him to have a relationship or he can't drive a car, can't have a job, you know, if you're passing out all the time. And um, uh, the guide came up and told him to, Put, there was a tree that appeared, and it was this tree of, he just, he's in trance, and he's just going, wow, wow. And the, the guy told him to put his back up against it. So he felt himself lean back up against it, and he's in trance, and he just kept, he just kept saying, wow, wow, wow. You know, um, anyway, his seizures diminished uh, after that, uh, which was very interesting. And that got him so, when he, for the next three weeks, all he could do is draw trees. And he says, not an artist. He finally sent me one. And he says, Regan, this is the best I can do, but I can't stop thinking about that tree. You know, I mean, that was a highlight uh, for him, uh, having that rejuvenation. Um, so that's so that took care of it? Uh, he's, we still got work to do because I just talked. This was about oh. four years ago when that okay. happened. And um, he keeps in touch with me once in a while. He's just, we've uh, I don't know. We've somehow bonded in a way. I feel like we have a some kind of bond that's there. We just he emails me once and lets me know how he's doing and everything. And uh, recently, his seizures have uh, not gotten as bad as they were, but a little more. So I said, well, next time I'm in Sacramento, you know, which is about 100 miles from me, and I go there to do sessions sometimes. And I said, we got to have another session and see what we can do, you know. Yeah. Um, now, um, I've had a number of Christians come to me that were very devout Christians, but they somehow felt that there's something else here. And um, the three that I'm thinking of right now, all three of them were a- able to have a conference with uh, Jesus. And I'll tell you, that was some of the most emotional times I can remember with my clients because they're, they're crying. You know, I mean, it's getting me now thinking about it. But in, and Jesus was just as you would imagine him to be, you know. He would telling he would tell them just think about me and and I'm with you, and and he would hold them. And one time, Mother Mary for was the 72 year old Catholic woman. Mother Mary showed up and they start talking about their children. She's talking about Jesus. She was having this good old conversation with Mother Mary <laughs> after she was done talking to Jesus, and it was um, it was amazing over there. So um, I think this uh, people sometimes they ask, okay, this is a good one here. Okay, because everybody's got this on their mind right now. Okay, if you're before the council, a lot of people want to say, hey, what's the one religion? You know, what's the one? What's the one? I'm going to go back, and that's what I'm going to do when I come from here. And pretty much they say, well, if you need a religion, pick one. It's probably what you need, you know. And, wow, that just kind of made sense to me, you know, when you figure this like uh, – uh, but when, when they ask, 
okay, what's the one spiritual practice I can do that can kind of keep me connected? I don't want to lose this connection that I have at this moment. Every time they say meditation, they say that meditation is God's gift. It's a natural thing that we all can do to take time to go quiet. And because they said in the quiet is when you get your inspiration, and that's when your intuition is stronger, and that's when you can hear what we're trying to tell you or or hear where we're trying to guide you. Uh, And, uh, you know, you could do a whole show just on meditation because some people that have never meditated before, they just think of somebody sitting there for hours like uh, some monk somewhere, and they go, you know, I'm too busy to do that. I can't do that. And you realize meditation could be two or three minutes. You know, it's just that matter of quieting yourself, quieting yourself and calming yourself down uh, so that you, and people, when people meditate, their brainwaves go just like they do when you do a life between life session, you know, so that's when you get inspiration. Some of the greatest inventors of their time, that's where they get their invention ideas. Like um, Edison used to have this, um, he he would get it, he would try to get himself in this really relaxed state, but then he'd, he'd be getting ideas, he'd fall asleep. So he developed this thing where he put marbles in his hand. So he would get to that state, and if he started to drift off to sleep, a marble would hit the floor, and it would bring him back to that state. And um, that's one thing he wrote about, how he got his ideas. So um, there's something about this state that we put people in. This is It kind of, it kind of uh, thins the wall between here and the other side. You know, so, so Regan, we've got some people that want to uh, give you a call. I'm, I'm going to see if oh, I sure. can't fit at least one person in here. <laughs> um, uh, let's go to wild card, wild card line number five. By the way, no readings. He's not he's not giving readings. He does sessions, uh, just yeah. so you guys will know that. He he does sessions, doesn't do readings. Uh, wild card line number five. Let's talk to Chris out of Rocky Springs, California. Hey there, Chris. You're on the air. Bye. Hi, Chris. Hi. How are you? Uh, I'm wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for we only got a minute, Chris, so if you've got a question, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, so. I was just um, wondering um, when you put people in this state to go back into their past lives, mm-hmm. what's the difference between that and, like, a lucid dream and an astral projection is it all kind of the same thing, or is it something different? Yeah, no, it's it's all part of the same thing. Um, sometimes people have experienced past lives like I had before I did this life between uh, process in my life. I through meditation and uh, deep prayer. Sometimes I found I'd had out of body experiences where I'd find myself in another lifetime. Um, and um, it's this is just this is just a way to activate that in a very easy in a very orchestrated way rather than for just waiting it to happen occasionally like when you were in the dream state or something. But, um, you know, we've all heard and written or read books and that from people and some of the saints, even like I remember St. Saint Teresa and John of the Cross, they have writings that have survived to this day. And they talk about how when they'd be in deep prayer and all of a sudden they would find themselves in the presence of Jesus and Jesus would give them their next, um, what their next uh, chore was going to be, or like with Mother, with um, Teresa of Saint Teresa of Avila, that was for her to set up nunneries in different parts of Spain, and uh, she wrote, you know, wrote about that. And same John with the cross would get uh, like his instructions directly from from Jesus. So no um, astral projection and all that. It's kind of part of this same thing. It's just altering our consciousness enough to 
let us kind of see that there's something more than what we're than what we see in the physical. You know, it's like away from going physical to to uh, metaphysical. Um, Brian Weiss, uh, is, he's got some great books out there, too. He's done thousands of past life regressions. He's probably the most well-known past life regressionist. Uh, he did a book, Many Lives, Many Masters, which was a real good bridge book to people that want to do the life between life. And they read it many years ago, you know, and they decided to have a have a past life. There's, you know, we could do a whole show and maybe I'll be on back on Connie's show sometime <laughs> in the future. And we'll talk just about all this research being done right now that's being done all over the place um, between uh, the Newton Institute, between QHHT, the Monroe Institute, um, between, uh, I'm trying to think of the other, oh, the University of Virginia. The University of Virginia has had a program for over 40 years uh, where they've been studying reincarnation in only children who remember past lives. And they just published a book called Before. And just last year, Jim Tucker wrote it, and he's even on YouTube. You can just go University of Virginia, Jim Tucker, uh, uh, and he talks about all these case, proven cases they have now of children who they would go interview. The children would tell them their lives, and then they would send researchers out to see if they could find that those things actually happened. And they have hundreds of cases where they were able to prove that what the children said actually happened. And that there was people of those names. So pretty much now with the Newton Institute, we don't even, you know, we figure we've, we've had about 70,000 people experience a past life. So it's pretty much a, a done deal. <laughs> you know, that's the way it is. Um, so, so Regan, we're, time is up. We're like, yeah. we're out of time. So what oh, do you, what wow. is the, I know it flies by, it flies by. So what are any last words you would like to say before well, you go? I, I really want to support my other uh, fellow uh, therapists at the Newton Institute. And I'm just one person. I can just do so many. So if people feel, if they feel an energy, if somehow an affinity with me that they, they want to have a session, then please contact me. Um, uh, but if you go to the website there, you click in your um, zip code and you'll probably find one that's, that's in your neighborhood or not too far from you. For some of you, you don't have to travel too far. And uh, the books like Journey of Soul, Destiny of Soul, there's Wisdom of Soul. Oh, you can sign up for the newsletter on the Newton Institute site, and it's a quarterly publication of uh, stories of the afterlife. And it's us therapists now, since Michael Newton's passed away, we send in case histories, and uh, it's a quarterly publication, and you can see what's happening now. Uh, and the final thing is, too, because your next guest is about aliens. Um, one question we're asking now, a lot of us, is when they're in trance, we ask our client, uh, have you ever incarnated in another planet or another dimension? And about 30%, 35% of them say yes. And then we mm -hmm. say, can you take us there? And we're getting these descriptions of these other worlds, these other planets, these other life forms. Uh, we're finding out that, that God is much bigger than we ever can even imagine. You know, the universe is teeming with life. Uh, Thank you. But since you exist as energy, you can take that energy and put it anywhere in the universe that you decide to go into anything. You know, your energy Regan, comes and Regan, goes. Regan, I love you, man, but we got to go. I love you. <laughs> it can keep going. And you know what? You're going you're gonna to be with me on Blue Rock Talk in the future on my show. So thank you so much. We got to run. Regan, you are great. Find him at visittheafterlife.com. And his book is Three Hours, 33 Minutes in Heaven, one of his experiences. I guess he'll have to write a second book for the second one. 
He's awesome. There you have it. More to come here. Dave the Mystic next on Coast to Coast AM. We're going to keep it going. And if you want to learn more about me, go to ConnieWillis.com. But let's uh, sing and do a little moving here. You're listening to Coast to Coast AM. 